I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So S Club Juniors then finished. What am I going to do now? Because you hear about these like child performers have led like a really weird life. So I would like hand out leaflets outside of Tesco. And feeling really embarrassed like, because it wasn't glamorous. Now I'm being that person that's handing leaflets and no one wants to take one from. And we were earning good money, but like we could all buy ourselves nice cars, like we helped our right. parents. Like, and then it all ended. Yeah. And so does the money. My mom, she was m- more than having two parents and then some. However, with my dad, your DNA is your DNA. And I think I was always curious. And watching Marvin parent, this is how it should look. But I had a negative feeling towards him for so many years. I don't think I'll ever be able to relate to you. is up guys and welcome back to working hard hardly working the podcast today my guest is Rochelle Humes it's like one of those good old kind of like natters like it feels like a just a big catch up and vent on a lot of things social media a lot of things motherhood her original kind of family life becoming famous super young then going back to a quote-unquote normal job then becoming famous again all of this and I'm super grateful to her for just being so open and honest throughout this entire episode. And I feel like, to be honest, it was just a lovely girly chat. So I hope you really enjoyed this episode. As always, please make sure to rate, like, subscribe, thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever you want to do. Just, you know, any type of engagement would be lovely. And as always, I hope you have a lovely day. Having risen to fame when she was just 12 years old, Rochelle Humes has gone from childhood pop star featuring in the band S Club 7 Juniors to becoming a member of the hit UK girl group The Saturdays, and now one of the UK's best-loved online personalities and TV broadcasters. Having had it all from such a young age, Rochelle is transparent about the highs and the lows, being raised in a single-parent household and understanding the absence her father left on the family, to the hard graft of being in a pop group, meeting her now husband Marvin Humes, member of boy band JLS, and sharing the journey of becoming a mother. This has prompted her online social media journey, sharing her life to over 2 million Instagram followers. And most recently, she founded the lifestyle brand My Little Coco, a skin and hair care brand aimed at families featuring in boots. Thank you so much for joining no, me. No, thank you. And I'm loving this sofa. Are you? Yeah. Well, thanks. This is only our like second time recording with this one. I'm the second bum on this sofa. It makes me feel very like Instagram. Yeah. You know? I have one like this in my office and I love it. Yeah. Because it's what I would want it, my sofa to stay like at home and it would never happen because yeah. I've got three kids, right? And I'm just messy. So this... You, I feel like I can keep it pristine if it's in my office. Yeah, I completely agree. I want to go back to like the very, very beginning so we can have a proper yeah. view of your whole career, what happened at each point, how you kind of, I mean, hindsight's very helpful. I it's find particularly always. when like looking at your career and you're like, Christ, what was I thinking then? <laughs> Should have, like, would have, could have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's go back to the very beginning and your childhood. Could yeah. you just tell me a little bit about 
what your childhood was like? I loved my childhood, actually. I was thinking about this the other day. It was just really simple, Mm. humble beginnings. My mum raised me on her own. She was a single parent. She had me when she was pregnant with me. I was in a hostel for a bit with her. And then I remember we then got a flat, which I loved. It's funny, isn't it? When you look back, I think, actually, my mum was really sort of, you know, in a situation that she really wouldn't have wanted Mm. to be in. But all I remember is like, I'm like, we're in a hostel. Like when I'm thinking about this now, if if I if the shoe was on the other foot, knowing how she would feel as a parent and an adult. Yeah. It it's crazy, but I just look back at that so fondly. And I knew I knew we didn't have a lot, but I was so rich in other ways. You know, Mm -hmm. my mum was like a powerhouse, still is. Like I remember all of the things that actually stuck out to me. And then I remember it being a massive deal when my mum managed to, we moved from a council flat into a council house and then she like worked her ass off and bought the house from the council. Um, and I yeah. remember it being like such a big milestone, not understanding it. Yeah. I didn't, if you lived in a house, you lived in a house. I didn't really know if it was somebody's rented council. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how yeah. it looked, right? You don't as a child but I remember like it being like a real milestone and such a celebration so I was always just dancing and that was my thing I'd be singing over you know Monday to Friday obviously at school and then on the weekend it would just be like singing and dance and drama and then what I'd learned at my little local dance school my mum would have to like buy fake tickets to buy one of my tickets um in the evenings and yeah I just remember having a really nice childhood I loved my school and yeah when I look back I don't look back that you know in a way that I think I went without yeah because I think there was so much love and yes Mm. there were situations that you know if I could have changed I probably would have done Mm. like as an adult maybe in hindsight for me but actually I felt like I had a great childhood and I think all of that experience of us, you know, of us together, my mum and I, just made us so, like, we've got a bond that could never be broken. Yeah. She's literally my best friend. And I think it's probably because of all our journey together and what yeah. we went through and we were a team, you know, with my sister at home and that was us and that was how it looked and she worked literally every job under the sun. Mm. To make us happy and we and we always were, is yeah. the truth, yeah. And I think it goes to show as well, like, how much love impacts, like, how what you feel like yeah. you have as a child. I mean, I grew up in a very privileged environment. No one can properly relate to each other, you know, without having literally been through well, the same. Well, you only know what cards you're right, dealt, exactly. You? But I think that the presence of, like, love and showing that, like, as a child, you know, we think of, like, I don't know, buying children some like Adidas trainers or whatever, like they don't give a fuck. Like they kind of just want like, you know, like the love and all of that. And I think that has like, when you talk about it in that way, kind of shows so clearly. And you've spoken a lot about like the impact of growing up in a single parent Mm -hmm. household. What effect do you feel like that had on you in terms of your kind of, you know, the next steps in as you were becoming like a young adult? Yeah, I think it's always that missing piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm, I think that's what it is. I think she was more than having two parents and then some. However, you know, your DNA is your DNA. And I think I was always curious. Mm -hmm. And I think my mum did a really good job in almost protecting my dad. So I didn't really form any opinion on my dad based on my Mm mum. So I just kind of just 
I knew he weren't present, right? Because, yeah. you know, kids know who's in their life and who isn't. Yeah. But it was never like, your dad is this, your dad is that. And when I was older, I sort of had my, I could form my own opinion, which yeah. I think is so important in, you know, I've got friends and family members that are co-parenting and I, and I get how challenging it can be because I was a product of that. Mm. You know, you've got kids together, so you are going to be in each other's life forever, however that looks. Mm. And at what capacity that is, is, you know, is relative. But I think you just have to be able to form your own opinion because guess what? No matter how much, if my mum was to slag my dad off all day, mm. every day, I'm still going to want to know him because mm-hmm. he's a part of me and I'm still going to be curious to tap into that side mm. of my life. And whether I'd then actually, God, mum, how did you deal with him? He, you know, yeah. whether that's my opinion, it, that's mine to have, isn't it? Yeah. And not to sort of use your child as a weapon. So I think that's really important yeah no I can completely understand that and if you don't mind me asking did you have a relationship with your dad from so I think when I was like less than one Mm -hmm. and then I didn't have a relationship for a period of time I did it was like very sporadic Mm -hmm. and it would be like okay I'm back around again I want to see her now and then I would see him for like odd weekends and then it would be then you didn't hear from him again Mm -hmm. And that was sort of, it was a little bit like that until there was literally nothing. And then when I reached, I want to say about 12, 13, Mm -hmm. I saw him, I remember seeing him once. Then I didn't see him again at all after that. Mm. And then probably at about 17, I had the curious thing. I remember I did not long pass my driving test. And I always knew I had a brother, but I didn't know Mm. about the two sisters. Obviously, they were a lot younger because I'm the eldest. Um, so it was dealing, it was seeing them via him. Right. And did they have an active relationship with him? Um, they did at that time, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he sort of, you know, to what capacity that, you know, that's their story. But he was, a, yeah, he was a, around for them way more present than he was mm. for me. So it was hard to sort of have, navigate a relationship with them until they were adult, if that yeah. makes sense. So yeah, that was my thing. And it's, it's it's weird. And then sort of fast forward to years later, we then got reintroduced as yeah. adults. Yeah. And like, it's like they've now never not been in my life, which really? is crazy. And yeah. so you have a good relationship now? With, with not, not, not with my dad. Right. No, but with, um, we still haven't spoke, which is crazy. Really? In, the, in all of that time, yeah. How did we ever not know each other? We went hmm. for one meal and um Marvin came with me basically long story short I went to a Christmas party had a couple margaritas you know yeah it's Christmas having a good time <laughs> literally having a lovely time and um it's so random but Kem from Love Island right was on my former agent's like roster right he was there and he was relatively new off of Love Island at this point and I was like welcome to the team etc cetera, etc cetera. chatting and he was like I've got to tell you something because I always said if I saw you, I would mention it. And I'm like, right. And I could I instantly knew it yeah, was you know it's gonna weird, be deep, but like, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And um he was like, I went to school with Lily, your sibling, and like we were like really like best friends. And I always said, if ever anything happens, and when I went on Love Island, I'd spoke to her and I'd said, if ever I see her, I'll mention that I know you and you need to get in contact with each other I'm like this is really weird okay and then he was like should I give you her number can I send you her number 
and obviously I'm like tipsy. Yeah, you're so we've turned into like this really long lost families at the yeah. Christmas party. So I said, Yeah, okay, give her my number. I had hers, and then she had messaged me, and it was a marvel. Like, look, reply in the morning. Yeah, this is all a bit yeah. like this has just happened, and <laughs> yeah, you've had a drink. Yeah, and, yeah, you know. yeah, sure. Replied in the morning. The next night, we we all met for dinner. Wow, quick! Marvin came with me because I was like, they all have grown up with each other. Yeah, They're like, yeah, they you know need someone each on other. your like, side. I, like, I feel like <laughs> I'm walking. It was like a date. Yeah, it's yeah, mad. yeah. On the way back in the car, he was like, I just couldn't stop looking at you all and how, like, we're all twins, basically. It's yeah. crazy. Like, my dad's genes are very strong. We look more like full siblings than my husband and his siblings right. do yeah, have yeah, the same yeah. parents. It's like his genes are so strong. So, yeah, we spoke and it's weird that, like, nature over nurture thing. Because yeah. our mannerisms were the same, our, like... It's wild, like wild. If you saw us all together, you wouldn't know that we've only been in each other's life for like six and a bit years. Yeah. Like, it's nuts. So then that was it. We met. We then had a group chat. We then, And then I've spoke to them every single day since. That's amazing. And before that point, because it sounds like when Kem had said, do you want her number it sounds like they would have had conversations before essentially being like I you know I would love to have her in my life or whatever it might be I can imagine also and this is me completely projecting Mm -hmm. I obviously don't know your family Mm -hmm. and I obviously don't know your full situation (laughs) but also I can imagine because you were in the public eye it was probably I can imagine that if I had like a sibling that was in the public eye and I wanted to be like reunited with them I'd be worried that they were going to think I was just reaching out because you know you have money or because you're in like a position or whatever so it sounds like there was like they really wanted to be you know to know you well I think so and I think we were both sort of we hadn't reached out to each other in fear of rejection of course like my fear of rejection was because I in my mind I've Mm. built up that they have a fantastic relationship with my dad right and I'm never gonna have that because I don't respect him in that way Mm. but I also don't want to project my feelings onto them if they have had a good upbringing with him so I don't know their story so I sort of had the fear of rejection from that angle that Mm. they'd be like you know I don't we don't want a relationship with you because you know our dad's our dad and we can't muddy the water here of course I thought that would be their response and I think for weirdly a similar reason they thought because I didn't have a great relationship that I wouldn't want to know them them. and then also because of the public eye thing you're right so I think we're both sort of doing that like we both had the fear of rejection and we all kind of didn't need to and that fear of rejection that you talk about having kind of come into your life from quite an early age Mm. because of your familial situation did you find that kind of manifested itself elsewhere in your life? I don't think so, you know. Mm. I really don't because I kind of never had it. I was always really like aware of when I met somebody not to have like stereotypical daddy issues and right. I really didn't want that to affect my respect for a partner because yes, I saw my mum smash it by herself. Right. Like I know that I don't need a man. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I know that I've, I could have this by myself because I've seen my mum do it and I have the same ethics she does. I didn't want that to be too strong. Like I've got this. You're just here for like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wanted to make, but I think that's also meeting the right person, isn't yeah. it? I think. Oh, 100%. And like, I think I was conscious of that before knowing that was a thing. Yeah, right. Like, cause you'd, you'd grown up in the situation where you knew what it was like not to have that. Mm-hmm. And therefore 
it was always an option, almost rather than creating a fear of rejection, creating like a, well, if that's the worst that can happen, then it's I've, you know, like I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. I've done that. Like and I weirdly, kind of know that. that's the way it manifested itself mm. in me, which obviously I'm thankful for, but mm. it was almost like, well, I can do it anyway. Yeah. So why not? That's always been my like sort of mantra throughout life. Like, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. And yeah. That's sort of my approach to everything. I know I don't need but do I want? Yes. Yeah. And yeah, it was kind yeah. of that. I think there can completely understandably be a lot of fear of rejection from that point. Yeah. And we're all taught like love and belonging and all of this from our early life. Like no matter what, whether it's a single parent, whether, mm. whether it's a, a double parent looks. in a terrible relationship, whether it's like too much love, mm. quote unquote, like yeah. whatever. Like that's how we're taught the way that we relate yeah. to other people and the way yeah. that we kind of build relationships. I find that so interesting yeah. always like seeing how people's relationships. But I think, don't get me wrong, there were times as a kid where it did upset me mm. that I'd be like, but I don't understand why. And that's where my mum, I see through my adult eyes is how she was sort of protecting everybody in the situation because she would be like, well, you know, some some guys just aren't, you know, you know, when your mum, you carry a baby and you're, it's natural instinct and some men, she was very sort of protective. So I was like, oh, okay. So yeah. I tried to understand it out that way. And I think there were times that I just didn't understand, like, especially when I knew then he had other children. I was I like, I can imagine that's really huh? heartbreaking. So yeah. why doesn't he want to, like, what did I do? And there was a lot of that. And I think there always would have been until I sort of met him later on mm. but for me actually the tipping point for me was having my own children mm -hmm. I was happy in my environment I was always curious but I had a negative feeling towards him for so many years mm. because of that like well I'm a kid like right. your job is to be a parent like I yeah. don't understand how you're not interested in me. and I felt it was always quite uh from an angsty place which I suppose is understandable but the time the dial turned is when I had my own children. Yeah. Because I kind of thought it went, it turned into a respect thing rather mm -hmm. than a, why not me? Why didn't you, how dare you? It, that all went. Mm -hmm. And it was more of a, I couldn't relate to you. I can't relate. Yeah. Because this baby and watching Marvin parent and the way that he is with our children and the way that he would put them and us before everything and even if we weren't together the love he has for his children right. and like the not wanting to miss every breath and the I was like wow and I just would be in awe of watching him as a dad and actually I'm like this is what he should feel mm. like this isn't like I kind of want to give him this medal and this crown and yeah. be like you're amazing because I didn't have that but actually we need to stop clapping that so much yeah. how it should look so for me that's when I was like actually I'm at peace of all of this now because it's more of a respect thing. And right. I don't think I'll ever be able to relate to you mm. and respect you as a human because we're never going to have that in common. Rather than you having been not accepted in that environment, mm. it's almost like at that point that you had kids, you're kind of flipping that in a way because it's like, actually, do you know what? Like these are my boundaries and this is what yeah. I want from the people I ha hang out with yeah. or have a relationship with. And I've decided that's not yeah. right. And I feel like that's quite powerful yeah. as well because in any environment where anyone feels rejected in a way, there's mm. such a tendency to kind of yearn for that acceptance. Yeah. yeah, And actually for you to just be like, do you know what? We clearly believe different things. That's, that's exactly it right there. Like I'm never on a, now obviously when you're young, you don't understand and mm. uh, you know, in the same way that you do when you can look back at a situation. 
but now I am a parent and nothing's different now. Yeah. Now we're on a level playing field. You know, I could have been told, you don't know what it's like to be a parent. You don't know how. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Like, sure. So for me, I'm like, we believe in different things. Right. We have different priorities. Yeah. If I was to meet you as a human that I didn't know and I wasn't attached to biologically, I'd be like, oh, they're not my, you know. Right. sure. You do your thing. Like, no judgment, but we're not the same people so mm. we probably wouldn't hang right yeah so I think and it's that's what it did for me and I didn't hate him yeah I, that all it's went just misaligned. I was just like yeah yeah I think and also then you go into protector mode and my you know whatever my job title whatever my success my biggest you know role in life is to protect my kids yeah and I wouldn't want somebody to enter their life that was gonna be inconsistent yeah because you know I feel like children need consistency yeah so for me that's a boundary too yeah you know so no, yeah mm. I think that's really really powerful and I've had a lot of friends who've kind of gone through situations mm. where they've got to a point recently not as parents but as adults where they've just been like do you know what when I really think about it the only reason I kind of want you in my life and obviously we all want relationships mm. to work and like familial whatever whatever it might be but kind of got to a point as an adult being like we clearly are so mismatched yeah like the only reason I want you in my life is because you are my family but realistically like is that the only reason because I've been you know almost rejected from yeah. this that I want it there's something in there that it's family right yeah, so course. you're you're yearning for that idyllic picture and mm. I think when you can come to peace with the fact that there is no idyllic picture really mm. however that looks whoever's had a perfect family there'll always be something mm. somewhere because I think you as as humans we put pressure on it things having to work because mm. that person's family yeah and they could treat you so appallingly but they're family so we'll all to we'll tolerate it because we have to or be mm. I think when you can get to that place where you're at peace yeah with the fact that you can't change it mm. I think you will instantly lead a better life for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's really powerful. How did you originally get into kind of music? I know that you were saying you were originally like dancing around and selling yeah. annoying, to annoying your shows. anyone. Right, doing I feel it in like front all of anyone that any listen. like quote unquote like performing arts like children are the most literally <laughs> the most so annoying of all the children. Like, oh, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> so how did that like start? Um, I used to go to like a performing arts weekend school. So yeah. we, I'd go all day Sunday and then I would like potter around there on a Saturday just because yeah. I wanted to be, I loved to like be in it. Like to the point where I would like say to my mum, so-and-so's invited me to their party. Can you say that I'm grounded? She'd be like, what? <laughs> You're not grounded? I'm, I know, but I, I don't want to say that I can't go or I don't want to, but you know, that's the only way to. Yeah, yeah. Because I was sort of embarrassed to admit how much I loved it and yeah. that was like and I was only like 12 at the time and I would go in on a Saturday and like help assist the teachers in like the three-year-old's ballet class just because I just loved being around that environment it's a weird thing I sort of it was a buzz as soon as mm. Friday was here I was like right can I go yeah and I'd just turn up and be like can I help in any way <laughs> and I think it was really good for me because it gave me a real my sort of passion was born, but it also gave me a real focus. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I remember my friends would be like, we're going to go and hang outside Tesco tonight. Do you want to? And I'd be like, um, I'm grounded. They must have thought she's, her mum is so strict. Yeah. <laughs> she's always grounded. But that was that. I'd go there. That would be my weekend. And then this audition come up on, remember CBBC? Mm -hmm. And I used to watch it religiously after school. And at the time, the audition was to support S Club 7. 
it like for you to go and sing and like support them at a Wembley arena show and I was like it sounds Please. like a job for me. Let me get I love the Sounds confidence. like I found a girl. <laughs> I know. I'm like so You're obnoxious. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wembley's been waiting for I me. mean, Wembley's cold. <laughs> I think they're talking to me on that. <laughs> like, who do you think you are, hon? You're 12. I love children's confidence. I, I actually love we children's confidence. We need to bottle confidence. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought, do you know what? The arena's calling. Mum, get me there now. So, uh, it's so funny. So, I literally begged my mum to yeah. take me for this audition. And there was a couple of kids that were Frankie, who I was then in juniors and the Saturdays with being one of them, that we were at the same dance club. So, there was a few of us that went. Um, and it wasn't like out of the ordinary, right? We would audition for things before. I was in like a theatre show beforehand. Yeah. And so, we went and it was like, I'm talking the days where, you know where they used to film for like, pop stars or pop idol yeah. and it would be like before the x factors and the cues would be like from yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like round round yeah, blocks yeah. For, you know miles and miles long so my mum my poor mum when I think about it they were all just there thinking oh my gosh we're, we're here all day like we yeah. arrived first thing in the morning and we what a good mum yeah my parents would be like yeah absolutely and also my <laughs> sister at the time like because my mum like there was no like childcare or that being yeah. an option so my sister would like that had to sit there with me like great this is fun and like running around and she was like when I think about it now it's literally like the worst day out as a parent like yeah. let's take a load of kids to Wembley and queue all day like no so then there was a couple audition phases and you know and then I think my mum then was a bit excited too because she yeah. was like this is like well, you're obviously quite good at this yeah, you know yeah, like, yeah. not really she's just having to deal with my tickets uh, you know yeah, in, the, yeah. in the living room so then we then went for this final audition and S Club 7 were at this one and going through rounds of, but at this point we still think it's just like one person gets to perform. And then Simon Fuller turns up who I didn't know who on earth that was, but all the adults were like, he's a big music manager. And they gave us um, like a, a talk and they said, you know, we actually, there's been something that we haven't actually told you we're putting together a junior version of S Club 7. And I was like, and they said, you are our final. There was like nine of us at the time. They were like, you're our final nine. And I was like, my mum was over there. And I remember looking at my my mum and I said to her, and she reminds me of this all the time. And I actually remember saying it too. And I must've been like 11. Yeah. And I was like, if you don't let me do this, I'll never talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> nice bit of blackmail at a good yeah, moment she yeah, was yeah. Like, okay um, and my mum was like at the time was like she owned a hairdressing salon she was right. a hair like this was so far away from like yeah, yeah, our yeah. world then we were a group we did support them at Wembley so that bit was so true so there were nine of you there were nine of us then it went down for one reason or another it went down to eight of us and then yeah it was like the most exciting thing we had like so many fun memories we were really, we were actually really well protected because you hear about these like child right, performer yeah. star situation that they can have led like a really weird life. But for us, it was, we were, we had like chaperones that were amazing. Our parents were really quite involved, which when like the businesswoman in me now, when I look back and I think, oh my God, how the management team had to deal with eight sets of parents. Oh my God, yeah, the I cannot imagine. The kid, like, it's literally like, it, I don't think it would be worth the financial gain yeah. for me. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's like the thought of it sounds so stressful. 
I just had the best time ever. And that sort of planted the seed of mm-hmm. this is what I want to do. I want to, I don't know what capacity, but I want to be in this world forever. Right, sure. And then, you know, juniors can't last forever. We all grew, we got boobs, we got yeah. butts, you know, it, it gets to that bit yeah, where it has like, to sort of rein it in. So I think I was like, <laughs> not working yes, this isn't working out, does it? 14, 15, and that got knocked on the head. And then it was like, whoa, what am I going to do now? But I wasn't like worried. I was really like, huh, this isn't life as you know it. And you go from having every second of your hour planned to like, oh, well, that's it then. What, what do we do? And then I went on a couple of castings. I got um, a gig hosting a program called Smile for CBBC or BBC on every Sunday. Um, I don't know if you remember it. It's probably before your time. <laughs> um, um, but it was Fern Cotton, Reggie Yates, a guy called Barney Harwood and myself. And then when that came to an end, I was 16, 17 probably. And my mum was like, well, you're going to have to get a job like everyone else that's left school. Yeah. And which is right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I thought. And, you know, it all stops, doesn't it? The money, it all, when it stops, it stops. Mm. And that's where it sort of taught me a lesson because it's all very easy come, easy mm-hmm. go. It's hit, like you don't ever think you're not going to be asked again. And I think I'm pleased I learned that as, at a young age. Yeah. Because, in, you know, my older self is like, okay, my attitude for everything is, well, it's not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be relevant forever. I'm not going to be, you know, because I really felt that. So I then took a promotional job, which was for my local radio station. I would stand outside Tesco. I would, they had like a brand, it was called Time FM. Shout out Time FM. (laughs) And I would drive around in their branded car because I'd passed my driving test at that point and like give out leaflets and like we would like win this car. And you know, I mean, and that is like, let me tell you, if ever I walk past a shop and someone's handing out a leaflet, I will never in my life, Marv laughs at me. I'd stop, I'd talk to them. I maybe don't give my number. I give like an email address that, you know, yeah, but I don't mind giving. And because I just, it is. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com The most soul-destroying yep, thing I've in the heard. world. When you're like, hi, I just wanted to... And you're so enthusiastic and they go... No. Yeah, and they, you're walking past. And yeah. it's almost like you've let a stink bum off next to right. Um, So yeah, that was... And that was character building. Um, so then I did that was doing that for, you know, to basically fund my life and my castings. So I would do that, get on the train, go into town, go for an audition. Mm-hmm. And it was basically that week to week, go out with my friends on a Saturday, 
go, get up, go for an audition on. And that's sort of how that works. As long as my, my biggest tool that I want my children to have is I want them to have the most empathy and I want to mm-hmm. show them the world. So I want them to know where you're living and the life you have is incredibly privileged. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's across the board. And I want them to, you know, have a real view of that and Mm -hmm. understand and be sympathetic and empathetic to everybody's situation. That's really important for me. But I also want them to know that like in moments in life, because we all have that where we're peaking and we're at highs, they do come with lows and Mm -hmm. that's life. Of course. But it's how I want them to be the same person Mm -hmm. as in like have the same morals and the same beliefs and treat those seriously when Mm -hmm. they're at the peak and also when they're you know when they're not yeah I remember someone saying to me years ago in like when I just first started in this industry it's so important to you know treat everybody the same and it and that would be my advice for everyone and that's at like at a level of respect whether it's the woman on reception when you're walking mm-hmm. into the meeting with the CEO whether that's the researcher at the TV show because one day they'll be the editor and I, and I think for me I mean that's a life thing like I treat you the same as mm-hmm. my friend as as you know the person mm-hmm. that we'd run into on the street to you know I just think that's a tool that I want my kids to have 100%. knowing that that's mm. how to live life you know mm. you know more important or equally less important Mm -hmm. than somebody else no I completely agree and from this point how did the Saturdays come about so I was running loads of auditions meeting different managers just trying to find my way really Mm -hmm. and then I got a phone call from a guy that was looking to manage me at the time we were working together for a period of time and um, he was like I've heard about this audition you might not want to do it, but mm. it's for a girl band um, with Polydor and with Universal. And that's where we were when we were in Cup Juniors. Mm. So I was like, no way. Okay. And you should go. Why not? I know the woman that's doing the casting mm-hmm. and she, you know, there's loads of girls going, but why not? Mm-hmm. So... I was going to go and then literally I went out and I had the worst food poisoning. It was on like a Sunday or something. And I woke up with like the world's work. Like I was like vomiting all through the night. And I was like, I'm going to have to just leave this casting. Like the thought of, my mum was like, I think you should go. If you can get yourself up, get in yeah. the shower, see how you feel. But I think you should go. I've got a feeling about this one. I was like, what? She was like, I'll drop you to the station. She was doing all that. Why don't you just go? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, felt marginally better. And then I literally on the way thinking, why have I done this? I feel so ill. Why have I listened to my mum? Anyway, got there. And it just went really well. Yeah. Like instantly I felt a vibe. There were so many great women in the room from like up and down the country. I met Una in the queue. Literally we were together the whole time and she'd come over from Ireland. And we met in the queue on the first day, like swapped MySpace. Yeah. (laughs) Swapped MySpace accounts and like stayed in contact. And she was like, I've been asked to come back for another day of you. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I have. And she was like, I'm going to have to fly back over from Ireland again. And I was like, you can stay at mine if you want. My mum won't mind. So she literally stayed in my mum's house. We had like, I had like the box room. I put her on like a single bed on the floor, like a little put me up thing. And weird, instantly we sort of gravitated mm. to each other. And yeah, then it happened from there. And then that was it. 
And how did you find that journey kind of going back into, I guess, the the limelight? Different. Yeah. And that's what made me realise we were so well protected mm-hmm. because we had like chaperones and like, I feel like I didn't see the real scope of the industry. Yeah. Like, remember, we would only have be able to work so many hours. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, right, we're home. And, it, and so then when we fast forward to years later, going in as an adult, I'm like, oh, oh this is different. Awfully long, aren't they? <laughs> gosh where's the chaperone at (laughs) I'm ready for my bed now um so that was very different um I think the industry was different like Mm -hmm. it wasn't so much about that we would go to Woolworths on a Saturday Mm. and do signings and like that sort of didn't exist any like just things and then obviously slowly over time it would be like you didn't necessarily buy a physical cd anymore it was like a you know go on iTunes or whatever and then fast forward to streaming and Mm. so it looked a lot different YouTube was big so in some ways it was great Mm. that it was a little different and then in some ways not so much Mm. like certain things I think social media wasn't a thing Mm. um tabloids was still a big thing though tabloids was still a thing the only thing that was weird we were sort of part of that culture where we would go out on a night out and paparazzi would try and make you look as worse as they right it was very much the era of like it was that era yeah that was like the body shaming area Mm. like Rochelle like in one of the magazines like enjoys her holiday and you don't know you're getting pat and it was that era of sort of tearing women down in from that angle and I remember like we would get out of taxis and they'd be waiting to get that up the crutch shot and like that was awful. That was yeah, that nice. is horrendous. Yeah, but we got so used to it, right? Yeah, which was all. Which when I think it wasn't about, questioned. It wasn't questioned, and we just that was part of it. You yeah. want to be in this, you know, you want to live this lifestyle, and you want to be in the public eye. Yeah, like this it means what you're it relevant, with. and like all of this, and and that's just what they do. Yeah, wear trousers then, you and know, it, and that, and I'm like, and looking back now, I'm like, huh, we didn't <laughs> fight enough, but we were so young, and we yeah, sort of yeah. was always in fear that, okay, well, we'll bring a new girl in yeah the yeah that sort of you know that was the sort of feeling like when I first dated Marv started dating Marvin I would he would get out of the car first we spoke about that the other day we were like he would get out of the car walk around so that he could stand in front of me so I could get out the car before anybody could get a shot That's like it, but that would never happen now which is no. amazing well there's a law in place so it yeah, doesn't yeah. Now, which is amazing but yeah it's kind of it it was a different era altogether and how did you find that how did you find being kind of thrown back into the public eye in a very kind of like women were talked about in a very I mean still are to Mm. some extent but Mm. like it was so blatant back then Mm. I think weirdly we expected it and not that it's right but weirdly we'd be like oh gosh I'm scared to do this go to this place because I'm scared of what the, the headline will be or or what angle the picture would be coming from or so weirdly, we kind of knew that it was part and parcel of mm. it. But yeah, so I think I really sort of felt it when I'd had a layer. And so that is nearly 10 years ago. So I'd be pregnant over 10 years ago. And I just remember really feeling like, oh my gosh, terrified to go back to work and be surrounded by four other gorgeous, slim, not flabby saggy boobed women you know and I remember just feeling really like 
I have to get back. I have to get back. I have mm. to be back in the outfit. Mm. And it, that necessarily wasn't so much from pressure from outside. It was what I thought I had to be. Mm. Actually, it wasn't really anybody else but me. Mm. But I was like, the, I was 23 when I had her, right? Mm. So I'm like, and I remember we had a single out about four or five weeks later. And I remember being like, I'll be back. Did you talk to back. them about the fact that you were going to be just having given birth when a single was coming out? Well, we sort of... Because I know that would have singles. been... There yeah, was like yeah, windows yeah. for singles. It's like we have yeah. one this time of year, this time of year, this time of year. And that was pretty much already decided like mm. a year or two out. Then I get mm. pregnant. And weirdly, I felt like... You know the way you feel when you turn up to work on a hangover mm. and you don't really want to go on about it because no one's got sympathy, right? If, you're, right, sure. if you've got a hangover, you did it, you went out, you had a drink. Like you basically try so hard, don't you, at work? Yeah. Because you're like, no, no, fine, I've got this. And yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, you've got a sore head today. Like it, I felt in my first pregnancy like that. And why do you think that For was? For nine months plus. And then even to get back... Because I felt like I was letting the side down. Mm. I can't explain it. And I'm not sure if it's what I put on myself or if it was also, I think it's probably 50-50 yeah, to be honest. Yeah. But it was like, well, we've got a single coming mm. out. And I was lead vocal on the type. Yeah, it was a song called Gentleman. Or I had quite a bit to sing on it mm. at the time. I looked like shit. I shouldn't have gone back. Like, <laughs> my God. Like, and I remember like going on, we had a performance on like Lorraine. Mm. And I put spanks on and they were like, probably like a roll neck. They were up so high. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, my boobs are leaking. Why am I here? I can't imagine that. But Four weeks after having a baby. It was all in hindsight. Yeah. So it was just like, it's fine. Yeah. But that was me too. Right, it's fine, I've sure. got this. No, 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 no. Yeah, I yeah. said I'll be back for the single. I'm back for the single. Yeah, it's yeah, It's fine, yeah. we've got this. Yeah. And that was like, when I look back, I just thought, what, I think like, why didn't anyone stop me? Mm. But I couldn't be stopped. Yes. Do you know what I mean? No, I do like, get that. Because Marvin always, like when I say that, he doesn't like it when I say that because mm. he's like, well, I should have really said, babe, no. Mm. But when I mean why didn't anyone stop me, I just mean actually ultimately why didn't I stop myself? But also... No, but I also think there are protections that can very much be put in place, not in order for you to be like, you're literally not allowed because of course you're allowed to do whatever you want. Yeah. But like the encouragement sure? of kind of being like, are you sure? And also we've got this, this will not affect your contract. Yes. This will not affect your future. Like almost like yes. going the extra mile for reassurance because mm. women after having children, there is so much, I mean, the, it's even terrifying. the fact that like people feel like it's relevant to know whether a woman is at childbearing age or like all of these things when hiring just goes to show how much we think that women aren't capable of doing the same job once they've had mm -hmm. a child. Like the fact that we even need to know that is indicative of the fact that we think it changes things, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So even just needing to be overly accommodating just to be like, look, we know that we're probably not going to be able to stop you, but we just want to be really clear that, that if you didn't do that, yeah. like if you didn't do it, you would be fine. Nothing would change. Yeah. And I... There'll be another one in right, a few exactly. months or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Like it's not, it's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. And I think, I'll be honest, it is the most terrifying feeling, actually, having a baby because you're so full with love. And mm. I, a lot of Alaya's pregnancy and her early years are a bit of a blur to me like that first sort of year or two because mm. 
I was probably weirdly desperate to prove a point mm. as to that I didn't soak up anything. Mm. Like sometimes I look back at pictures and I'm like, I don't really remember that. Or, yeah. Gosh, that's mad that that like it feels out of body mm. because I think. And bearing in mind that like, I've been in that situation before where it all ends. So that's always in the back of my brain, I think, at that point. Mm. And I think you're so, I'm self-employed. So I'm like, there's no protection of any maternity mm. leave here. If I don't go back to, into this, and that, I think that's what I was, that's my motive behind mm. it. Like once it's done, it's done. And now I've got a child to provide for. So it can't be done. Yeah. I think that was where the place that it was coming from. But it's so scary because you I've gone from being in this hot girl band that, you know, our image is five hot women. We sing, we, you know, we're in sexy dances and performances and right. you know, that's part of it. Mm. And when you don't feel so sexy when your tits are leaking and mm. you've got spanks on and you've yeah, had a yeah. cesarean and you've got a big gash across your tummy and your boobs aren't up where they started. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, does this work now? Yeah. And why would people hire me now when mm. they can hire that person? Because that isn't, you know, the math weren't mathing. Mm. And I just, it's terrifying. Mm. That moment of thinking, okay, well, if this doesn't work, what do I do? So at that age, obviously you were still super young, mm. like 23, that's- A baby. That is a baby. And I look at my sisters, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I my sister's, I think, about to turn 23. And yeah. like, oh my God. How, how I'd be like, is absolutely that? Yeah, not. I know. I'd be, if they came <laughs> to me, I'd be like, no. You are a child. No way, you are a baby. And I think, I didn't feel I was a baby, but no. I think maybe because I'd done so much prior to of that. Of course, right, I started yeah, 10 years in this world career. at like 12. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. Um, it didn't, like, I felt fully ready for a baby, but I was just mm. really, the work element and around, I hadn't prepared myself mm. for. And did you... Was it a conscious decision to decide to have a baby? Mm. Yeah. Mm, mm. And so you were, you were, we were like, let's not, were... let's like, we just got married. Yeah. And we were like, well, let's sort of not try to not to. Yeah, yeah, you know? right. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then it did happen probably quicker than we thought. Right, sure. And you're like, fuck. Oh, like, oh, that's. Like, the science definitely works. Then. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. That was. We were right about how that. I made. thought we were gonna have a year of like. Right. Yeah. Lols. <laughs> um, so it was probably quicker than we thought. And obviously, I took. And at the time, I took that for granted because in my, you know, my age now, when some of my friends are mm. now thinking about a family, at, you know, I'm 34 around mm. that age. I'm like now feels like a good time. Goodness me, I did take that for granted because mm. I didn't realize that you know for some people that's exactly what they would want of to course, happen like let's course. just try now not to boom it happens but for me actually it was terrifying I'm it's, like ah it's such a fad that we spend our lives trying not to get pregnant and then like at the point that feels appropriate for like work and being able it's to like establish so yourself a bit and all of that it's like oh yeah it's so <laughs> sorry rude. like it's outrageous but I feel like there's a weird we're conditioned so strange when it comes to babies having babies whether we want babies whether mm. oh 100%. you know I think even when I was married mm. married I walked I didn't want to go and buy a pregnancy test because I felt ashamed because mm. I had it attached to like you're not supposed to get pregnant you're not supposed yeah, to get pregnant yeah. you're not supposed to get pregnant I mean, no but we have this like as in we literally have this 
shame and being like don't yeah. get pregnant don't get pregnant like how the, why why would you yeah. have sex like yeah, that is outrageous I know. like it's why would you do so that terrible. and then literally like we're like oh yeah. you left it too late yeah I like know. that is it literally like turns overnight it's, it's like weird thing and I remember thinking it, yeah <laughs> even if like and I was married and I felt embarrassed and people publicly knew I was married right exactly and but, it shouldn't fucking yeah, matter anyway and if I but, wasn't married but what I mean is it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, I like, felt like I was doing this naughty yeah teenage thing that I'd been told not to do you were allowed to sort of be mm. and I think and I, I really remember having this weird sort of like relationship with that like oh okay I need to now turn this into it's a something that I wanted <laughs> like, yeah you know, right like, change that sort of the way that it is in my brain and when you look back on that time is there anything that you would have changed in terms of work in terms of family in terms of any of those things I think I'd have changed the pressure that I felt I mm. was under whether that was projected onto me or not that's you know, I can't even remember at the time, but I definitely know the amount I put on myself mm. to sort of try and rush back too soon. Sure. And I think to be present, like I think the worry in me of never working again overtook the fact that I was in a situation that I'm never going to get that time back again, mm. i.e. enjoying the birth and the early stages of a newborn. Mm. And then I, I almost felt guilty about that because mm. it was all about getting back to work. Mm. Well, it's and you lose. She was way. with me, but she was with me at work. Yeah. And not that it changed. Not it didn't change my love or anything like that. But it was about okay. Well, she'll be six months by then, or she'll be. Tw it was all about that rather yeah. than like taking it all in. Yeah. And that's what, that. If I could change anything, I wouldn't say it was an. You know, I don't believe in regrets, but if I could sort of go call myself up and be like, Rosh, it's all going to be all right. It'll all figure itself out. Take, just take some time at home. You're fine. You've got this. Mm -hmm. Enjoy this. Because she's going to be like 10 soon and yeah, you'll be sad. Yeah, you know it. Yeah. That's what I, you know, I wish that like the future me could call the old me. But it's like, it's a lose-lose either way. Because if you go back, then you're a bad parent for, yeah. you know, going back. And if you don't go back, then you're a bad parent for not you know yeah we, we I read this quote on and Instagram and it said something like um we expect women to raise children like they've not got a career and have a career like they've not got children it's a double-edged sword isn't yeah. it and I think ultimately that you know we need to take pressure of ourselves but also off of what always makes me sad is it's other women that have mm. opinions on well, the amount how of, and why you're doing yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, the amount of shaming online. I can't even, like, every single time there's, like, something on a new mum who's doing something. I know. It's like, where's the baby? Where's the baby? Where's the baby? I it's hate like, that. has the father been, uh, like, as a... I, has a man ever had an interview where they've been asked, where's your child right no, now? I say this constantly because obviously I really notice it, right? Mm. Because there's two of us. Right, of course. So we'll both go to an event and everyone jobs. will literally ask me, so who's got the kids tonight? And I said to Marv, when you're like at a gig and you're there to DJ or whatever, does someone, anyone have ever come up to you and say, who's got the kids? Well, no, because they assume I should have. Right. Well, no, do you know what I find so funny is when people liked the... Um, to the like mum they'll be like oh is, has he got babysitting duties tonight it's daddy like, daycare it's like my worst it's not phrase babysitting 
He's being a parent, know, like as in like honestly, parenting, not babysitting. But it is wild. He's doing when what looking I at the do. And they're like, oh my god, how? Or they'll say, how amazing is he? I saw him the other day taking With the, the kids. kids to soft play. I'm like, are you going to congratulate me? It's in the a fifty-fifty. Like as <laughs> I did the day before. I didn't get a medal. I don't but know. also, we made these children fifty-fifty. <laughs> yeah, like it's crazy, and I think. We'll be batting that away for a very long time as women. I think, you know, it's the more we talk about it and make people stop for a minute. It's like when I really hate it, like I have to really talk to like my aunt and my mum when they will have a family gathering and they'll be like, well, isn't it your turn next? Aren't you? Surely you want kids now. uh, And I'm like to like my sisters or to my cousins. And I'm like, you you can't. And they don't mean it from a bad place. They just assume that that's what every woman wants. I'm like, mm. first of all, you don't know if they want kids. Mm. So don't assume that. that what, every woman wants kids. Mm. Well, no, they don't. And they, they might don't. be able to have kids. Exactly. They that. might not and like... Then, so then, and then secondly, you could be really, you could be making them feel, they could be dying inside right now mm. because you don't know what their journey is and you mm. don't know what, you know. And I sort of had to have this education piece with like my elders and they're like, right, do you know what? I didn't think of that. And then when when you start sort of planting the seed, they're like, yeah, actually, my daughter's having a hard time conceiving. Mm. Like, right. So you just have to, yeah. you can't. Let's stop. Let's stop this weird pressure. <laughs> right. And and when you were at the beginning of your parenting journey, and obviously you were both in the public eye, and I assume both kind of breadwinning for the, mm. you know, for the family, mm. but also wanting to balance all of that um, with work and parenting and everything. How did you find that initial split and how has that kind of evolved in terms of your kind of split of parenting? Mm-hmm. We have a real like unique situation mm-hmm. in, when I compare it to my childhood and I feel very proud and, you know, very grateful that we are so 50-50, mm-hmm. like, it couldn't be more 50-50 if we tried. And I think it's important. Like, mm-hmm. for us, it's how we work and how we manage. We sit down at the end of the week and we go, right, next week. Because that's the way to not overwhelm mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. So we'll be like, right, next week. Obviously, the kids have school Monday to Friday. So that's that. But we go, okay, I'm on pickup this day. Are you on pickup this day? And, that, and we sit down and that's how we do it. And sometimes it'll be me all week. Mm. Sometimes it'll be him all week. Sometimes it will be split 50-50, but it is what it is. Mm. And I think with us in terms of like career, we kind of know that we both give each other breathing space to Mm -hmm. shine. So if he's like, me and the boys are going to go on tour again this year, I'm like, okay, I'll try and protect that period of time Mm -hmm. for me and that's your thing. Mm. And then, we, you know, that's just how we do it Mm. and vice versa because you can't both shine at once in Mm. that way in terms of like, from a career perspective because at the end of the day we have a family and that doesn't stop for anybody so it's Mm. how you know how do we prioritize each other and the kids and everything else in it and listen it's not easy yeah and the balance we're still trying to strike but that's how we do it if we're like this is really important to me and we understand each other's level Mm. of importance and we respect that and it very rarely collides and that's sort of our mindset. No, you. Oh my God, you have to do that. Okay, fine. I won't do this then. I might do this earlier now. Mm. So you need to be around for that, you know. And that's mm. just how we do it. Yeah. And did that take a lot of trial and error? Yeah. Three kids in, babe. I'm like, yeah, we've just, like, just got there. <laughs> um, but yeah, now we feel like 
I trust myself now as a parent, mm. as a wife, as a mm. businesswoman. There's something for me about entering my 30s that mm. like a little light bulb went ding and I was like, I know what I'm doing. I'm yeah. going to start telling people no, that doesn't suit mm. me. I know now what, you know, I know what my boundaries are. And I'm not, it might, it might not happen that way for everybody, but there was something really empowering about like entering my 30s. I was like, I know who I am and mm. I know where I'm supposed to be. And like, I had this new lease of life. Yeah. Know, it's wild. Yeah. No, new I wrinkles, can... new lease of life. <laughs> <laughs> <You're absolutely laughs> um, and when it comes to being a mum, I guess, in the public eye, mm. as much as we wouldn't want it to be any different from being a dad in the public eye. But that it is, is not girl. the case. It is. Um, how have you found that in terms of like social media? Because I cannot imagine anything more I terrifying. take it all with a pinch of salt. Mm-hmm. I feel quite lucky with the community that I've got on social mm. media where they're quite like me in mm. that sense. And they're quite, they're really supportive. And I share the kids. I don't overly share the kids. Mm-hmm. That's not like my whole feed. Mm. And that's also quite conscious because mm. I know what that comes with. Mm-hmm. Because everybody else seems to think they know how to parent your child better than you, yeah. do, which is wild to me. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of double standards. And I could post, and we've done this before, exactly the same picture as Marvin before we knew how to you know, you'll get one nice picture of us and yeah, the kids because yeah, yeah. you know and a thousand terrible ones where someone's yeah. crying or someone's hit each other or we've got our eyes shut and we'll post the same one this is before you could do the collab posts right now I'm yeah. like we just hit it on both yeah, of our yeah, things yeah. at the same time um and the comments that I would get versus the comments he would get are crazy really mm. Like I'm sure he's being rewarded. The difference. Oh, he'll be, and where mine will be like, like, why have you not got a coat on your son? He needs to, and then you go and Marv and Marv's will be like, wow, Blake's t-shirt is so nice. (laughs) Or like, you know, this is just for an example. Yeah, an example, but like the difference in the, and I'm like, it's actually crazy. And I know that a lot of our followers also are the same. Mm. So I know that we obviously share a lot of the same audience over the years that we've been together. Mm. It's crazy and it will always boggle the mind. Mm. But I think it's just an echo of society, isn't it? That I think it will still be a man's world in terms of family and parenting. And, you know, as you get to a certain age, it will be like that for a long time, unless there's people like us that are like shouting about it and, Mm. you know being a feminist in that way but I think it just it's boring Mm. it's actually boring it's like oh do you call it out yeah because I know it happens to me in the flesh yeah yeah yeah. social media just kind of I kind of just feel like you're giving something light I I get that but then I also feel like we're always 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 told like just don't give don't give airtime, all of this. Mm. I also feel like there's a point where it's kind of like, do you know what? Sometimes you, I feel like a lot of the reason why men get less of kind of that as well is because they're kind of like, it's obviously not fucking true. And then you kind of just move on. Whereas it's like, as in like, we're quite, a lot of the time quite graceful about it and kind of like, you know, patting off. And I feel like like, there are some people I follow who call things out and it's not necessarily on this, but it will just be like generally calling anything out, being like, read the fucking room. This is not the time, like whatever. And yeah, I think obviously it depends what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. And I also think 
but my attitude has always been anyone that's going to come with that mentality, I treat as kids. Mm -hmm. So if my kid was acting up about something, you know, and you're like, I'm just going to ignore you for a minute until you've realized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because then what happens is normally then they come back with an apology. Sorry, yeah. I didn't think you'd see this. Yeah, no, I know. So, so it, it is almost the same energy really. Mm. But I think sometimes I don't care enough mm. either yeah. about somebody that's, got an opinion that doesn't know me that's gonna form this whole mm. story from one picture that I'm mm. doing a terrible job mm. so you know when you're kind of like we're probably never gonna relate to each other because I don't understand how you would do that to another woman so we're probably the same thing that I was talking about yeah, earlier yeah. it's a respect at thing. peace with the like yeah we're not aligned yeah let's not try yeah, and let's make not it try like. and make this a thing well I feel like this has been I've absolutely loved this chat thank you so much for coming on thank I you. feel like um it's been like a good I feel like I've had like a proper like natter you know I when know. you have like an I've had a proper little like, mother's meeting haven't we you know when they used to say that didn't yeah. they this is, yeah a proper yeah. little natter it's been so nice oh well, thank you so much for thank coming you. on and sharing your story um and being so open and everything thank I really really appreciate much. it thank you Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com